Welcome to Retail Intel. This is Ashley Casey, Director of National Accounts for Phillips Edison. We recently had the pleasure of speaking with Ken McAllister, the president of My Salon Suite. My Salon Suite is one of the hottest franchise salon concepts in the country, offering fully equipped suites with upscale amenities. They have over 160 locations with big expansion plans. Ken built his first My Salon Suite in Louisiana 10 years ago with his wife. Let's dive into Ken's story, along with the history and continued success of My Salon Suite. So let's start out with, um, you know, telling us a little bit about you and your background. Uh, a little bit about me. Uh, civil engineering by trade, absolutely know nothing about hair or, or cut hair. So if you have any questions about hair today, I'm not the guy. Um, but over the 25, 30 years of business, I've been in multiple facets of uh different types of construction ranging from uh, concrete to erosion to high rises. So virtually every type of uh, construction you think of, I've probably been involved in. And when did you get started with my salon suite? We started in 2010. At the time, I was uh, president of a oil and gas company. And uh, just like a lot of folks, I was looking forward to uh, diversification in our package. Uh, My wife and I and uh, looking to invest. And we joined forces with her uncle, Al. Al was a uh, hairstylist for 40 years. And, um, he absolutely knew the hair business, business anybody as well as anybody in the country, um, but I knew how to build things. So when you take um, a very artsy, crafty person and combine it with a corporate, you know, business person, we came out with a really good brand. So you've been with the group since since the start in 2010. Yeah, in 2010 we uh, founded it, started our first store um, about this time. Actually, it was April of 2010. We opened it in October and. Um, from that point, we've uh, just continued to grow. Uh, we started franchising in about 2013. Are you a franchisee yourself? No, I'm the uh, um, original founder and owner. So um, I'm, I created the company, the original stores, and we uh, created the uh, franchise under us. So tell us, tell us a little bit about the model of the business. Um, I've done some, you know, we've done a deal or two. And we're working on a deal or two now with you guys, and I know you're growing pretty quickly. Um, we know a little bit about your competitors, but what what's different about my salon? What's the business model? And you got to start with the basic model. Um, when you go back five, 10, 15, actually, suites have been around for about twenty years, um, late nineties, and um, it's a different model. It's it's a real estate model more so than a uh, traditional uh, employment that you would find one of the top brands, you know, Great Cliffs, Supercuts, Air Cuttery. So in those in, in situations, the uh, people work for someone at ours, they lease space and they have control. And what, really what you're doing is you're empowering people, predominantly women. We have about 90%, actually the number is 89% women. And uh, extremely, we're probably one of the most diversified um, groups. Everybody in the world, I don't care where you are, everybody has hair on some level and um, either they cut it, color it, do something with it. So our opportunity is really about empowering people to own their own business that they never would have had the opportunity to do. So my salon has, do they have like a master franchisee and then that person leases a, like a large space and then subleases it out to the stylist or do they hire the stylist individually and are they on some sort of payment? Yeah, good question. So nobody works within our store. They all operate. They're all individual salons. Uh, we call them members. Uh, very similar. Uh, we're many Phillips Edison. Uh, we, we, we don't take 200 or 300,000 square feet. We typically take between four and 8,000 square feet converted. And the rooms are completely outfitted with uh, cosmetologists, which is our hair, estheticians, massage, 
uh, nails, virtually anything in health and beauty, tanning, um, anything that you can think of in health and beauty, they can rent from us and, and get in pretty easy with it, pretty easy access. So everything's included. So all the furniture, all the power, all the water, we make it as simple as possible for the average person to become a owner of their own store. So we typically have 25 to 50 people in our store and they all own their own individual businesses. So uh, the biggest, again, the biggest attribute is that um, people are in business for themselves and um, the uh, communities are absolutely terrific. So uh, again, we're many Phillips Edison. Awesome. I'm So from your franchise your retreat, I could definitely tell that your, all of your franchisees are just so passionate about the business and about the empowerment aspect of it. It really seems like, you know, once you're a part of my salon suites and that's sort of, you know, your, your live, your livelihood and what you really, you know, rely on. Um, it felt, it felt like being there was really being a part of a community of people that really believed in what they were doing. It's what they believe in is uh, most of the folks in our company have absolutely no hair experience. They're mostly uh, C-level executives, husband and wives, um, terrific people. So when you have very educated people and willing and a passion, and the passion is really about helping. Um, we do, not only do we lease the space, but we do multiple things helping our stylists become successful. Um, everybody has a fear factor of doing something for the first time, like the first time you buy a car or the first time you buy a house, there's a fear factor. And, and it's really a belief, hey, can I do this? And once they get into it, the vast majority realize, oh my God, I have control of my life. So they don't have to be there at nine. They don't have to leave at six. They have, most of them have kids, husbands, everybody's got stuff. And during this pandemic, everybody found out all the stuff they had. So um, again, it empowers people with their time and their effort. And more importantly, they make more money. Consumers and the stylists love the model more so than a traditional salon because, again, it makes it easy for them to manage their clients. And clients love it because it's a one-on-one experience for the most part. So you brought up the pandemic, which is kind of the elephant in the room. So can you tell us a little bit about how the company has adapted to the changes that have occurred in the past few months? I think everybody in the whole country and the whole world, it was nobody had a playbook on it. So, you know, the first thing we did identified, there were really three phases um, the first phase with government, things started shutting down around the country. And um, what we looked at um, state by state, we followed every state guideline. So if the state said shut down, we were shutting down. Um, and then we, we planned for it. So the first phase was all the shutdowns. So it was kind of random throughout the country. The, the biggest phase was, I call it the weathering the storm. Um, and that was during the pandemic that everything was shut down and nobody knew the outcome on the backside. But we all did know, I, you know, history tell us, history has told us that in any situation like that, there's a beginning and end. The question is, how long was it going to last? And so during the storm, we did two things. You guys were a part of it. Uh, we went to our landlords and lenders and worked out programs to get them paid. Um, and, and, and right now we're in the process of not only catching up, but I would think across the board, virtually every landlord in our system will be caught up by the end of July. So uh, we pretty much, everybody got shut out. Everything was shut down, but our owners were able to weather that storm, stash and cash, and it's really about cash flow. And then the third part is down that the storm's over, just like um, states are reopening the same way they, uh, they closed. And so, um, you know, it was kind of different states had different requirements, uh, but at the end of the day, we followed the state mandates. And um, what we really did up front 
going into that, we had uh, monthly meetings, weekly meetings with our franchisees. We had calls with our landlords, our lenders, and it was all about communication. And, and it actually emphasized that how much things you could get done by communicating with everybody. Our landlords loved us. Our lenders loved us because, you know, we we're communicating what we were going to do and there was no guesswork. Um, I would not like to be in your position right now because of all the guesswork and all the different uh, tenants and what their statuses are. We wanted to make it clear right up front. Our goal was that all of our stores would reopen. And then the reopening phase was really about safety for the consumer. We, we've had multiple meetings, um, just like everybody else, making sure it's super clean, super safe, wearing masks um, and protecting not only our, our stylists, but protecting the clients. And um so far, knock on wood, you know, we've had some minor cases here and there, but the stylists did not pass them on to the consumers because they protected themselves and best, uh, protected the clients. Um, so uh, the system's working very well, um, I think, across the board, um, that our stores, our owners have done a phenomenal job, especially our stylists. It's a pain for them to wear masks and clean and sanitize, but they're doing a great job with it, and the stores are doing terrific. I, you know, typically only wear one in grocery stores or now I have to wear them to go get my nails done um, at my at my local salon. But even that, you know, hour or so is a hassle. So I can only imagine spending the whole day with um, protective gear on, you know, just trying to do your job essentially and, and all that while trying to be social and communicate with your clients and keep that aspect. It must be sort of difficult. First of all, yes, it is. But I think it's going to be the new norm for everybody. Um, you know, until they get a vaccination or a um, some type of cure that you're not going to die from it. So that could take six months, a year, two years. But I think it's going to be the new norm everywhere. Um, wearing the mask, our, our policy is you wear the mask, you sanitize, and you wash your hands. You do those three things, you're really protecting yourself. But more importantly, you're you're protecting the clients coming in the store. And so safety's first. Our Again, one of our big differentiators, we have a terrific safety system uh, with a double locking doors. It's a key fob, but it's more of a high-end condo association. So that it really protects the stylist from a security standpoint, but the masks do the same thing. You're not, you're really just protecting yourself, but more importantly, you're protecting the other people around you because in essence, if you caught it, you could spread it to 10 people and people could die from it. So um, again, it's really about protecting everybody. Whenever I first started going back to salons, once they reopened, um, I had a hard time knowing what the protocols would be for customers. You know, did I need to have a mask or, do, you know, am I going to be required to sign a waiver? So how are, how are your franchisees and your members um how are they communicating this to customers? Is it via social media or via phone calls or how does that work? All the above. We have it, we have it on, we posted it on Facebook, LinkedIn, everywhere. It's in the stores. We have sanitizer. I'm, I'm, our, our people now are extremely educated on, uh, we just cut a national deal with a, a big sanitizing company for sanitizing our stores, cleaning our stores. Another one is just prepping the stores daily and making sure the stores um, are super clean. We have a view, super clean, super safe, super, you know, when you come out, um, just making sure the way you came in, you're going to be the same that you went out. So the stylists know the routine and every state's a little bit different, Ashley, but in general, most of the states require a mask or a face shield. I'm not going to say a mask because there are some face shields that do just as well. So as long as they're protecting the uh, consumer and themselves, they'll be fine. Airlines are doing the same thing. 
farming. Or do you sell them in the stores or is that up to the members to sell them if they'd like to? All the above. Early in the process, we got very fortunate. We we you know, we connected. That's one of the things being in a franchise, people have connections. If you're um, an independent store, you only have the ability within your own circle. With ours, we had thousands of people that everybody knew. And so early in the process, we were able to secure masks for our stores so that stores could open in case a stylist didn't have a mask uh, or a shield. And then the same thing on the sanitizer. We put sanitizers throughout the store and we started providing sanitizers to our, our stylists and our members so that they could you know, sanitize the consumer. You can Our stores all have, every suite has a a sink in it, but some people don't want to use the sink. So they either wash their hands or you know, use the sanitizer. So it works pretty effectively. Are all of your stores reopened now? Great question. If you notice, I've got a full beard since you've seen me in March. Um, I, I um, like it. It's a good look. Well, um, you know, I want to get rid of this thing like tomorrow. So when <laughs> this all started, my, my commitment was back in April, um, right when it all hit, we had weekly meetings. Actually, we moved them to twice a week with our our, our owners, uh, franchise owners. And I made a commitment that all the stores would reopen and that um, we'd come out stronger. There were things that I saw occurring. And uh, bottom line on the on the uh, facial facial hair, um, your question was how many stores were right now? One, I think we're 164, 168. During the pandemic, we opened up like. 14 stores. So we this year we've opened 24 stores. So uh, as soon as all the stores are open, Ashley, I get to go get a shave. I'm a, you'll see it on LinkedIn or somewhere. I'll post it. I'm dying to get it cut. We have these weekly meetings with our entire department, which is 30 or 40 people. Um, I've been thinking about putting on like a fake beard <laughs> for, for the meetings and just being like, this is my new quarantine look. All the guys are rocking these crazy haircuts lately. Um, so I want to get in on that bandwagon. <laughs> get a face mask or a shield. I, I've actually, on some of our meetings, I've wore a face shield uh, that we've now acquired that um, they're, they're, they're clear plastic and uh, folks, they can breathe a little bit better, but they can also see better. Yeah. But I've worn those at a couple meetings just to be funny that, that <laughs> um, I'm social distancing. That's great. Um, you mentioned you had opened 24 stores this year already. So yes. what was your original expansion plan before the March meltdown, as I've been calling it? Um, yeah, for the year, we, we've got budgeted for the next um, three to five years, about 50 stores a year. I think it'll go up slightly. Um, it, it put a pause, a little slowdown, but for the most part, construction was a um, considered essential. So we were able to build during that phase um, and continue. It was a little slower because not that we couldn't get it done. It was more that city officials couldn't come out and do the inspection. So we still feel we're on track to open 50 this year. So it, it's probably a tad under where we want it to be, maybe 55. Um, but, you know, we've, um, we've, awarded, we've awarded about 475 locations. We have 160 open. Do the math. We got 300. We're still awarding. Um, so I think by 2025, we'll have, you know, 600 or 700 stores awarded and we'll have over 500 open is our goal by 5, 525. Right now, we're on track for the next three years to do about 50 a year minimal is what our goal is. It slowed us down a little bit, but it didn't stop us. Well, I know there's got to be, your business has got to be one of those that definitely has pent-up demand. You know, that's one of the first places I was ready to get into was a nail salon for whenever Georgia reopened. And I still haven't made my hair appointment yet, but I'm itching for it. So I know that it's got to be 
Um, one of those that it hasn't really slowed down except for, you know, the holdup, which has only just increased the demand. And from what I've heard, um, you know, and, you know, I, I mentioned we've been working on a couple deals with you all and we still are, but those franchisees have wait lists at their existing stores or, you know, they're fully occupied with stylists that um, just have customers coming in all the time. So that's really good news for those stores that have reopened. I guess kind of touching on that subject, who who's a typical customer for my salon or is it all over the board? Customer as regard for a franchise or a customer as a, uh, like yourself? Like myself. Would it be um, primarily female or what's the income level, your preferred demographics overall? Um, it's everywhere. Um, again, there uh, a couple things on that point. We have stores like Atlanta is a great example. We have stores in all kinds of areas of Atlanta. So it really follows the local market within about a one to three, five mile radius. And um, again, it's, first of all, we, it's one of the most diversified groups you'll ever find on every, like, you know, every kind that we have. So it follows the the market trend, whatever the data says, that's what pretty much the store pans out. And then I, I don't know if I talked to you about it, about, um, which we're very proud of about two or three years ago, we, um, lost um, under our brand Salon Plaza. Um, Typically when we go into a market like Atlanta, we target the best real estate. That's why we talk to you guys is that we're looking for the best opportunity for real estate. But about two years ago, three years ago, we started um, targeting um, more secondary markets for African-Americans. So we uh, partnered with a guy, um, Chauncey Billups, uh, NBA guy, played for the Pistons. And uh, we started putting them in specifically African-American markets. And the reason for it is the suites were predominantly going into more affluent high end. And uh, we, we felt there was a need for the uh, African-American market. So right now we have seven stores. We have four open and we have three more under construction. that are all 100% African-American. And um, very few companies in the country can say that. So that's yeah, another that's look. wonderful. You, you probably weren't aware of that one that we added to that twist is that um, the first store opened in Detroit a year ago. And um, it was uh, just like you guys, Occupancy is the name of the game. We opened at 98% and now it's 100% full. And uh, they reopened uh, last week and we think we're going to get back to that number. But um, predominantly that store, because where we put it, we put it in a predominantly African-American market and we targeted that market. You all are really, you're a great asset for landlords, it seems like. You know, the deal that I'm thinking of that we're working on in Florida, um, it, I think it's a great spot for a concept like you, but it's also a difficult spot to fill with a, with a strong concept. It's a second story um, office use, essentially. And I think that, you know, a, a concept like My Salon Suites will really bring in some wonderful traffic that more aligns with the grocery anchor that we have and the rest of the small box tenants. So, uh, you know, it, it seems like you go into centers that have a lot of daily needs, but you can fill a space that we wouldn't necessarily be able to fill with someone as strong as the My Salon Suites. And that one is a destination. So we don't need the walk, walk-ins, but predominantly the majority of the folks that come to us have a book with them. Uh, they bring clients with them. And so we're able to work with landlords like yourself and uh, position and centers that are somewhat challenging. And, um, you know, we'll look at those, um, obviously the economics plays in for both sides, but, you know, we, we're able to fit in areas that uh, you guys love us to fit because it's, um, it, it's a win-win for everybody. It's a win for you guys, win for us. And, uh, 
you know, at the end of the day, this, the whole center becomes better with everybody, you know, getting, getting, getting really good co-tenants across the board like us. We're excited about that one. And I'm excited to do more, more deals with you all, you know, across the country. Um, so we've spent some time talking about the pandemic and shutdowns and reopenings and all of that's kind of dark for everyone, you know, throughout the country and throughout the world, um, no matter what industry or walk of life you're in. So I just, we were short on time here, only about five more minutes, but I just kind of wanted to wrap it up with something positive. Um, so, you know, what, what's some, and you know, you guys have a lot of positive stuff to talk about as a company, but you personally, you know, like what's something that's positive that's come out of this for you? What have you learned in 2020 or something you've gained from all the negative circumstances? Well, we've, what we've learned from it, which um, I think is a great asset. First of all, our whole t- team was virtual to begin with. So we, we knew how to communicate, but um, we, we found that um, with our owners, our stylists, when everybody, when you all work together and you communicate, you can solve anything. And uh, throughout the, um, we just had a uh, FAC, which is a franchise advisory committee. We have owners, we constantly getting feedback. We get feedback from our members and it really comes down to just like with you guys, um, if you communicate on items and um, you, you you let everybody know their circumstances, where we where we are, what's going on, that you can accomplish really really terrific things. And our owners, you know, through the process, we kept them fully engaged throughout that. You know, everybody's locked down at home. We had meetings with the owners, and we had meetings with the stylists, and and that way, when when it started, that there was hope at the end. And then when you start executing, is what we're doing now. So I think the biggest one, we have terrific owners and terrific stylists. So, and they, um, well, they did a great job in working with us to help reopen the stores. That's awesome. Yeah, it does seem like even though you can't really meet in person or you haven't been able to for the past couple of months, um, there's more connection than ever, you know, and I mean that both on a professional level and personal. It seems like we're reaching out and trying to make sure that we're going, being extra precautious and, um, sensitive and making sure that we are constantly connected and trying to maintain culture and productivity. So I would agree with you there. And, um, you know, it sounds like you guys definitely have a light at the end of this tunnel and you're already kind of seeing it. So that that's wonderful news. Um, so Ken, that really does it for me. And, you know, I'm, I'm so glad we were able to talk and thank you so much for um, chatting with me today. Well, again, thank you for having me on today. And anything that we can do to support you guys on any of the fronts, um, again, to me, it's a relationship. And that's how we treat our members. That's how we treat our owners, our uh, landlord partners. We look at everybody that uh, you treat everybody equally every day. We don't talk about it. We do it. So anything we can do to help you guys, we'd love to help. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Ken. A huge thank you to My Salon Suite and Ken for chatting with us, especially during this busy season. If you'd like to connect with me and the rest of our National Accounts team, shoot us an email at nationalaccounts@phillipsedison.com. Keep tuning in to Retail Intel for more conversations on exciting trends and growing retailers.